You're Hired, Interview Skills to Get the Job, by Lauren Epstein, read by the author. Episode 2. Chapter 2. What to do before the interview. Your resume. Your resume, or CV, which stands for Curriculum Vitae, curriculum meaning course, and vita meaning life, meaning your life course, has only one purpose, and that is to get you the interview. It gives the interviewers enough information to choose to bring you or someone else in for an interview. They also use it to get background information on you so they can formulate questions to dig deeper into areas that interest or concern them. Make sure your resume is written well, as you only get one shot to make that first impression. If after listening to this particular section, you need more help, there are plenty of books on writing a great resume that you can purchase. Make sure your resume is rooted in clarity and speaks to your professional background. It should communicate the kinds of things an interviewer wants to know before they spend time with you in person. If, for example, you have five great accomplishments from your last job, include a brief sentence about each of the five. Don't go into the minute details. It will just bore the reader. Tease the reader with tidbits and facts. And then, in the interview, you can expand and expound on them. Make sure there are no typographical or grammatical errors. This is so important. I've read so many resumes that have problems with them. I always recommend that you have your resume proofread by one or two other folks to ensure that it is error-free and looks professional. Use their feedback to communicate more effectively. Most recruiters and hiring managers have seen hundreds, if not thousands, of resumes during their careers. These readers have their style preferences, but also know exactly what they're looking for when they read your resume. They are looking for experience that clearly characterizes your skills. If your resume does not communicate this information, your chances for getting the interview shrink to zero. The best resumes are clear and concise and answer the questions that the recruiters are looking to have answered. Many companies use automated database systems to read and store your resume information. To make your resume more compatible with their systems, do not put your name or address in the header or footer. Place your name, your address, which is optional by the way, you don't have to put your address. Make sure your city and your state and your phone number and an accurate email address is at the top of the page in an easy to read font. I don't recommend that you use an unusual font or a font size smaller than 10 point. I have seen too many resumes that try to be creative but end up being unreadable. So what questions should your resume address? Get a piece of paper and pen and we'll create a list of questions that your resume should answer. I'll start with the professional folks, people with experience, and then we'll move on to those who are just getting out of school or have minimal to no experience in the field. So as you go through this exercise, write down the questions that match your situation. For professionals with experience, ask yourself what are the key traits, skills, personality profiles, and accomplishments someone with your job experience should have. What characteristics make you the best at what you do? And if you're not the best, what makes you perform at the level that you do? What have you accomplished in your career? 
that distinguishes you from the competition? What key contacts, experiences, or work products do you have that would capture a reader's attention? What attracts you to this company and why? This could tell you why the company would hire you. Have you worked in high-growth companies? Have you pulled slow-growth companies through a tough time? As a professional, consider what this new employer is looking for in filling the role for which you are applying. What do you think the position demands? What questions would you ask someone who is interviewing for this position? For those with little to no professional work experience, I suggest you have one resume that borrows from an everything but the kitchen sink approach and one resume that is specifically targeted to the job for which you are applying. What have you done in the past that applies to this job? How can your previous success be translated to adding value to this company and the position for which you're applying? Were you in a special program or activity that gave you skills appropriate for this job? We'll talk more about this later. If you are not clear about what the company is looking for, and this is a common occurrence, so don't let it discourage you, create a resume that lists all the things you have done for money and for free. If you are applying for an entry-level job, interviewers won't expect you to have specific experience. However, something you've done may catch their eye. So just throw it all in there. Keep it concise, but plentiful. Remember to take that high school diploma off your resume as you move on in your career. The Internet and Your Career Since the late 1990s, the Internet has been a primary tool for recruiters. Therefore, you should set yourself up to take full advantage of this powerful tool. There are many websites that you can post your resume to for maximum exposure. Monster.com, Yahoo.com, and CareerBuilder are three of the most popular sites. Often, there is a recruiting site for your specific field. To find it, do a Google search for organizations that represent people with your skills. These organizations sometimes have a job advertisement or resume posting service. For example, the Society for Human Resource Management in Alexandria, Virginia provides job listings for HR professionals on their website. Doing searches on the internet. Aside from posting your resume or searching for jobs, you could and should use the internet as a research tool. Doing searches on websites such as Yahoo and Google can bring you a treasure trove of information, such as the biographies of the people who are interviewing you, the history of the company or founder, and other information that will give you insight into the organization and help you to impress the interviewers. The ability to search the internet will give you great power over the information stored within its ever-expanding websites and data depositories. The best way to conduct a search on the internet is to use Boolean algebra. Algebra, yes, it's a form of math, but it's a simple one once you understand it. Making your resume internet friendly. Resumes are searched across the web using Boolean algebra. Mr. Boole invented the form of mathematics we use in computer logic. When people refer to zeros and ones, they're talking about Boolean algebra. A recruiter enters keywords into the search engine and hopes that the most qualified candidates will pop up. Do everything you can to make your resume stand out during these searches. 
tailor your resume to include key search terms that would be used when your skills are being sought. Most recruiters will skim your resume to see if particular buzzwords are present. So write sentences using buzzwords that are specific to your job function and to each job or educational experience listed on your resume. For example, if you used a particular software package or worked on a project that was notable in your field, include it by name. Do not add buzzwords to your resume in one long paragraph, buzzword after buzzword after buzzword. It will appear that you are not focused or directed in your job search. Taking the time to create a readable resume shows the recruiter that you're serious about your job hunt. The cover letter. Many people send cover letters along with their resumes. I personally don't read them because to me, they're filled with assertions and contain fewer facts than one's resume. As a recruiter, I'm looking for skills that should be represented in your work experience, eliminating the need for a cover letter. If you feel the need to write one, or if the employer asks for one, do so. Your job application form. Most jobs will require you to complete a job application form. This is a standard form, although each company's version will vary in shape and size. Whatever the detail or breadth of the questionnaire, you must fill it out completely and professionally. There is no mystery to the form. Companies ask you to fill in this form so they have a current record of who you are, where you've worked, where you live, what your past salaries were, who your references are, and more. They use a form to make sure the records for each applicant and future employees are standardized. This is why they will ask you to fill out a form that might be redundant to the information on your resume. Companies also use applications to keep track of you for EEOC reporting and for possible future employment. The EEOC is the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. I have seen many candidates refuse to fill out an application because they thought they were above it. They are not. Most employers will see that this is an act of a jaded person. Companies do not want to fool around with job seekers who think that they're better than filling out a simple application. The information on the application is used to make you a formal offer. It's also used to check your background and confirm your work history. Many companies will have an outside agency do a background or reference check. They'll also check with the schools you listed as having attended. All schools are required to confirm your graduation date, and your past employers are required to confirm your employment dates. Do not give your social security number, driver's license, credit card, or other information on an application. Your application may be kept in an unsecured file cabinet where those with nefarious intentions could have access and steal your identity. This is not the case in most companies, so don't be concerned. But there is no reason for them to have that kind of information until you are an employee. Your social security number and possibly your driver's license will be needed for payroll purposes and should only be given when you have accepted a written offer for employment. How to leave a voicemail message. There is nothing more aggravating than listening to a voicemail message and either not knowing what the caller is saying or having to replay it several times to get all the information. This happens all the time. And I develop a negative attitude towards a candidate who makes his or her message hard to understand. Here are five 
simple things to do to leave a great voicemail message every single time. One, speak clearly, slowly, and with audible volume. Two, at the very least, leave the following, your name, your phone number, and your reason for calling. Three, leave your phone number in three segments, spacing the area code, then the first three digits of your number, and then the last four digits. This gives the listener plenty of time to write it down. Four, prepare your voicemail message and leave it on your phone. If you can't understand it, neither will the listener. Five, type your message beforehand so you have a clear idea of what you're going to say. This eliminates ums and ahs from your message so you sound confident and concise. The Recruiter Companies have internal, contract, or agency recruiters perform the function of finding and hiring new employees. This is a time-consuming and expensive task that companies want done efficiently. The recruiter, or hiring manager, is usually your main point of contact throughout the interview and hiring process. An internal recruiter works as an employee in the human resources department of the company that is considering your application. They are knowledgeable about the company's culture, benefits, and work environment, and usually have strong relationships with all the managers. Contract recruiters will be on site at the hiring company, but are not full-time employees. They get paid an hourly wage, and though they have an interest in you taking the position, their livelihood does not directly depend on it. Hiring agencies, on the other hand, are located in a separate office and generally have limited access to the hiring manager, the company culture, or internal staff. They are usually a few agencies working on the same position at the same time. They get paid only if you take the job and stay for 60 to 90 days. If you leave before that time, the agency will likely have to return the fee, which is 20 to 30% of your annual salary or they can continue to search for candidates to fill the position. When you are applying through an agency, you have more challenges to overcome in being hired, such as greater competition from other candidates. As I've mentioned before, the recruiter wants you to be the one. However, this person also serves as the gatekeeper to the hiring staff, making sure the staff's time is not wasted with lesser qualified candidates. They will ask you lots of questions that might put you on the defensive. This can be intimidating and feel like an invasion of your personal privacy. You should answer all of their legal questions and do so in an appropriate manner. I will give you questions later on that are usually asked by a recruiter. These questions are designed to qualify your technical and interpersonal skills as well as your interest level in the company. They want to know whether you want the job or are just hunting for offers. Recruiters want to make sure they're getting all of the truth. At times, they can sound like interrogators. Questions like how much you're earning are very private, yet I ask this question all the time. If you don't want to answer that question right there, you can ask the recruiter more questions about the position so you feel comfortable sharing your private information. They are not obligated to keep any information confidential, but 
the majority of recruiters observe a professional responsibility to keep your information in confidence. Questions you should ask the recruiter before the interview. Congratulations. You're now at the interview stage of your job search. You have jumped through the first of several hoops on your way to employment dump. When recruiters contact you, they ask a ton of questions and give you an opportunity to ask some of your own. I have included a list of questions to ask before the interview. They're in Appendix E of my book. These questions will help you organize your thoughts and increase your odds of getting the job offer. Take your time in asking these questions. Do not pepper the recruiters like an interrogator in a bad police movie. Allow it to be a back and forth dialogue. Remember, you can always call the recruiter again and ask more questions. What are the job requirements? Do you know the top reason that people who go on an interview do not get the job? I'll tell you, they weren't qualified in the first place. I suggest that when you go to the interview, you take responsibility for being qualified for the position. Find out what the job is and make sure you meet the requirements. Trying to sell yourself into a job that you're not qualified for will waste your time. Or worse, you'll get the offer only to be fired soon after. Ask the recruiter what skills the employer is looking for and make sure you meet them. When looking for a job, you may be tempted to take any interview you can. This is a pitfall you will regret. I understand the need to earn a living when bills must be paid. But be aware of how this not-so-good job is going to affect you if you take it. Taking a job that you're not a match for will get you upset and frustrated. Either you'll quit or be fired in the near term, or you'll be miserable for many years to come. Don't be afraid to stretch. However, consider the ramifications of being clearly unqualified for the job. Going to the interview or taking the job knowing you're not a match and hoping for a miracle will only cause damage to your reputation and hinder any chance of you working for this company in another capacity. Also, remember not to hold out for the perfect job that matches all of your needs. You may be able to grow into your dream position once you are established at the company. Many employers will consider a growth path that might take you beyond your expectations. Keeping an open mind about how this job relates to your future could give you more room in picking the perfect job. Like relationships, there are no perfect jobs, just ones you're committed to making work. What time is the interview? The best time for an interview is one that works for you. Most interviewers will do their best to arrange a time that works well for you. If you choose a time that puts a strain on your other commitments, such as child care or current employment, it is not going to serve you in your interview. Being first or last does not have an effect on your chances of getting an offer. Have more than one time slot available in case your first choice is taken. You want to be at your best, so use time to your advantage. If you pick your child up from daycare at 5 o'clock, do not make your interview for 3 or 4. Try not to meet just after lunch, as people are more sluggish. Never meet when you're super hungry or just after eating a big meal. Either situation can affect your ability to concentrate. Keep in mind that the interview may be extended to have you meet more people 
than originally planned. Which leads to how long the interview will take. Ask the recruiters how much time you'll need to allot for specific interviews. Let them know that you're busy, but want to spend the maximum number of time with the interviewers. They should give you a good approximation of how long the interview will last. Always add time to what they say. Interviews can go from 30 minutes to an entire day. To approximate how long your interview will take, you can simply multiply the number of people that you're meeting with by 30 minutes. Interviews that are cut short usually mean the interviewers are not interested and don't want to spend more of their time speaking with you. Interviews that appear to go long can be a positive sign that the interviewers are interested in you. But long interviews can also mean other things, such as that they're struggling to understand your skills, for example. And sometimes the amount of time an interview takes means nothing. You've been listening to You're Hired, Interview Skills to Get the Job. This audiobook is copyright 2007, Lauren Epstein, and is released under a Creative Commons 3.0 attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, United States license. You may, in fact you are encouraged to, make as many copies of this work to share as you like. You may not profit from it, nor may you make changes to it. You must also state who wrote and produced it. A copy of this license is available at creativecommons.org. Your Hired is a free audiobook available at yourhiredbook.com and patiobooks.com. Your Hired is available as a print book from Lauren's website at yourhiredbook.com and at amazon.com. Lauren is available to speak to your group or provide career and interview coaching. Go to his website at www.yourhiredbook.com to reach him. If this book is of value to you, please stop by the website and buy a print copy. Or, if you're getting this book through patiobooks.com, please go there to leave a donation. Your donations help support the author and patiobooks.com so they can continue to bring you quality audiobooks for free. This audiobook was recorded and produced at Dancing Cat Studios in Vienna, Virginia. Dancing Cat Studios produces fiction and non-fiction audiobooks for the DIY author. Contact information can be found on the web at dancingcatstudios.com. You can also reach us through email at dancingcatstudios at gmail.com.